This is the Fitness, Food, and Life with Jess podcast. Today it is Thursday, March 4th at 4.45 p.m. I just recently got home from school, picked Oliver up from daycare, and now I'm in here while Daniel is out there with Oliver hanging out with him. So I'll start with some life updates. The townhome that we are in the middle of purchasing, um, we have put another deposit down on it um, to kind of lock a rate in. So the rates were are really low in the 2% range. And what we're going to do since we aren't going to be closing until September is we are going to pay to lock a rate in. That isn't very good, but it protects us from it getting higher. So we're going to lock in, I think it's like three point something percent rate. And then if it's lower, when we move in, then we get the lower rate, but it just kind of protects you in case it gets insane and the rates go really high, but it is stressful. But the money that we deposited goes towards closing and or down payment. So it's really, it's not like wasted money or anything. Um, we're actually about to have a meeting on zoom at six o'clock with the electric guy. So he has not given me the zoom link yet. So I'm not sure if that's still happening or not. So that'll be interesting to find out. I'll have to update, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the townhome. We're super excited to live there. Whenever we're driving by that area, we kind of stop and look at where our townhome would be kind of drive through the neighborhood. It's such a cute neighborhood. We cannot wait to live there. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. Another update, I posted this on my Instagram story, is that I did my first unassisted chin-up. I bought my um, pull-up bar last March 2020 and kind of didn't use it for a few months. Um, And then kind of when coronavirus settled down a little bit, I ordered bands um, because they were out of stock. I ordered those and then I started actually getting into practicing And yes, now I can do three unassisted chin-ups and I'm super excited. I haven't even tried a pull-up yet, but right now I'm just working on my chin-ups. I've got three in a row. I'm super excited about it. I am really excited to see progress with that. So for this podcast today, I am going to answer some of the most frequently asked questions that I have received. I thought that might be a good idea because... I tend to get a lot of the same questions over and over again in my DMs and when I do those questionnaires. So I figured I would address some of the most popular questions. So the first question that I'm going to answer is, what is my workout routine and do I follow a program? So I work out at home with adjustable Bowflex dumbbells that go up to 52.5 pounds. I also have resistance bands and I also have a bench and just a couple other little things. Um, I don't follow a specific program. Um, I work out four to five times a week for around 30 to 60 minutes at a time. And I rotate evenly between upper body and lower body days. Um, Just that's like what works best for me. I really like switching it up and doing upper body one day. That gives my upper body a chance to rest. Then I do my lower body the next day. Um, So Yeah, that's what I do. I don't follow a specific program. Um, I usually just stick to around um, doing the same 
type of exercises for four to six weeks before switching it up a bit. And that allows me to see progress. Um, I challenge myself each workout and, and I am able to see progress over time because I am not doing a different workout every single time I work out. Um, but yeah, no specific program. I kind of just stick with the basics, to be honest, like on lower body days, I'll do like Bulgarian split squats or regular squats, some sort of reverse lunge. What else do I do? Leg raises. I do all kinds of stuff, but I pretty much stick to the same types of exercises for four to six weeks. And then I'll gradually add in different exercises, take certain ones away just so I can have time to progress and see progress. Um, another thing that I also aim to do is get 8,000 steps a day, not to say that it happens every single day, but it is my goal. I'm not going to lie. It's been really hard lately. <laughs> Oliver just turned two. He's a little, you know, high maintenance right now. And it's really cold out most days lately. And I also work in a very, very tiny office that's super small, like the size of a closet. And I can't just like leave it all the time, to be honest. So it is a lot harder to get steps now that I'm in like a tiny office compared to a classroom. Because before when I was in a classroom, you know, in between little tasks that I would do, I would take like a little couple minute break walking around my classroom. But now I'm like literally in the size room of a closet. And I don't really like to like, you know, leave and go in the hallway and just like walk around really because there's other people working, teachers, and you know, I'm working hard on my computer all day basically, and, but I don't want to like advertise the fact that like I can take a couple minute walking break and you really can't. I don't know. It just feels awkward. So I definitely get less steps now that I'm in a tiny office and that it's cold out. Yeah, also when I get home, I like to go on walks, but it's starting to get light. It's starting to stay light out late, later than it was before, but before it was like dark almost right after I got home, but still right when I get home now, Oliver wants to eat. So it's just a little crazy right now. I know this is just a phase of life that I'm going to go through and it's going to get so much easier. And if you have older kids, don't tell me that it gets harder. I have faith that when Oliver gets older, that we'll be able to come home and that it'll just be so much more seamless because it's not right now. So I'm hoping to be able to get more steps. But yeah, so that's my workout routine. I work out at home four to five times a week, 30 to 60 minutes at a time, rotating evenly between upper and lower body days. I don't follow specific programming, but I kind of come up with my own and stick to the basics for, and I have the same type exercises for four to six weeks before switching it up. So that's what I do. The next question that I got was how did I get visible abs and do I have any workout suggestions for a flat stomach? So I get this question a lot and having a lower body fat percentage as well as strength training is how I have visible abs, but genetics also play a big role for me here. Um, I tend to lose weight in my stomach very easily and very quickly because my body does not tend to hold fat in my midsection. I tend to hold fat in my thighs and butt and my hips. That's where I tend to hold fat. So there are other women on this earth with the same body fat percentage as me, the same weight and the same height, and they do not have visible abs just because the way that they their body stores fat is different than me. So 
for me, it's a little bit different. And I'm sure there are other people like me that store body fat very similarly. But I also tend to get people that point at me shouting anorexia or eating disorder because I think that they associate having visible abs with eating disorders. And some people that do have visible abs have to get to such a low body fat percentage that it is unhealthy for them. They can start losing their hair, losing their periods, losing their sex drive, having really dry skin um, in order to have visible abs. I know there are many people that have to get to like competition prep, you know, look to be able to have visible abs, like that amount of low body fat. I myself started having visible abs even when I was in the overweight um, category still, like on the BMI thing, I was considered overweight and I had the visible abs. So I have visible abs very easily. It's just my genetics. And I know that there are other people that could be in tip top shape and they still don't have visible abs. So are abs like the definition of being fit? No, a lot of it has to do with genetics. So not every single person that has visible abs is healthy, quote unquote, (laughs) and not every single person that has visible abs isn't healthy, quote unquote. So You know, like I said, there are a lot of people that point at me saying I have an eating disorder, but maybe they know people that in order to have visible abs, they have to get very, very low body fat. And they're thinking like, oh, that must be how I am too. But that's not true at all. I think I would actually have to work harder not to have visible abs. Like, I think I would have to be doing no strength training and be eating in a calorie surplus and like purposely gain a very large amount of weight in order to not have them, to be honest. And also, yes, strength training plays a role in having visible abs because if you, you know, get rid of the layers of fat and you're not doing any type of strength training, then you're not really going to have a strong core, probably not going to have visible abs. So that definitely plays a part. Um, Do I have any workout suggestions for a flat stomach? Um, No, not really. I just suggest that you um, strength train honestly, and targeted ab work. I mean, I do very little targeted ab work. I might do like one to two minutes here and there at the end of a workout a few times a week, but that's pretty much it. Um, Your abs are going to be targeted um, in many strength training exercises. You don't have to do specific core exercises in order to have visible abs. Doing strength training overall, if you have a low enough body fat percentage in your strength training, you're more than likely going to have visible abs. But like I said, everyone is different. Their genetics are different. You might have to have an unattainable body fat percentage in order to have visible abs. And at that point, you have to decide, is this worth it to me? For me, having visible abs is worth it because it's very easy for me. But again, if I had to lose my period, um, lose my sex drive, have my hair falling out to have visible abs, would I do it now? So you just kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons for someone like me that doesn't store my body fat in my stomach. It is easy, but for someone that stores all their body fat or most of their body fat in their stomach, it might not be worth it to have visible abs. But I'm sure that they have something that other people are jealous of, you know? So people want my visible abs, but there are other people that, you know, I want their boobs. I have zero boobs. So it's just like, you kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons. And there's always going to be something that you want that you don't have. And it's really, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's okay. You're not going to get to have everything in the world, right? (laughs) 
Okay, my next question that I had is, this question I get asked at work all the time, I get asked by people all the time online, everywhere. How do you eat, insert food name here, and still stay thin? Um, there are no inherently fattening foods. What causes people to gain weight is eating in a calorie surplus so I can eat whatever I want technically and still maintain or lose weight. What has to be controlled is the calorie amount. If I only ate my daily calories from fast food and desserts, I would be starving. I would feel like crap and I would generally be unhappy. I like to do an 80-20 approach where I eat 80% healthier foods and 20% of the less quote-unquote healthier foods. This allows me to stay full and satisfied while also feeling good in general. I have protein every meal and fruit at breakfast and veggies at lunch and dinner. I have my favorite foods daily. An overnight oats with whipped cream and a piece of chocolate is a daily occurrence. And some sort of dessert after dinner is also a daily occurrence. I drink wine throughout the week or a cocktail. Not like a ton, but I have some. I go out and have food, fast food or have like frozen pizza at home, usually like once a week or so. But on a weekly basis, my calories are generally at maintenance. So I pretty much maintain my weight, give or take a couple pounds. So that is how um, I know a lot of people associate certain foods with weight gain, like pasta, pizza, chocolate, cake, but that is not the case. It's really just about, you know, portioning it out. You have to realize that calories um, matter in accordance to your weight and just kind of I feel like most of the people that are trying to avoid foods last a very short while until they start, you know, eating the food again and sometimes binging it when they do get their hands on it again. Some people do really well with elimination, like they might do better if they have a food out of their house that they used to have a hard time with, but then other people do better having it in portioned amounts. So you just kind of have to figure out how you are. There might be certain foods that you generally avoid. Um, for me, I used to, when I did binge food a lot, I used to binge Pringles and ice cream. And I don't generally keep those things in the house anymore. If I did have those things in the house, I know I'd, I'd be able to handle it and it would be fine. But I don't have very good memories with ice cream and Pringles because when I was depressed, I would binge eat them. And so generally when I see Pringles and ice cream, it brings me back to remembering those sad times. So I don't really, I do have Pringles when Daniel and I go on road trips because it's a fun road trip snack. And I do have ice cream when we're on trips and we're out and I pass an ice cream store, but I don't really keep it in the house that much just because I don't know, it's just got bad vibes associated with it. So for someone, it might not be fun to have certain foods and it's fine to avoid them but for other people it might be better to have it in portion amounts like for me like I said I love having chocolate and sweets in portion amounts it just makes me happier I don't feel the need to overeat them for example I was given this really cute vase type thing filled with um chocolates in it they're attached to like you know long toothpick type things and they have chocolate attached. And it's been, on, it's been on my desk since Valentine's Day. And it still has all but like five chocolates on it. It has dozens of chocolates on it. Just kind of like they're on my desk. And 
I love chocolate, but I haven't really ate that much of the chocolate off of my cute little chocolate flower arrangement just because I don't know. I just already have chocolate in my oatmeal every day and I have chocolate at night after dinner. I just haven't really wanted chocolate that much from that specifically if I run out of chocolate at home and I need a chocolate for my oatmeal I would take one off of that little flower arrangement but I feel like since I don't avoid the foods it's easier for me to eat them in moderation is how I feel also if like say I'm having spaghetti I just kind of do things differently than a lot of people do like when I get spaghetti I usually have it with a veggie and I put a ton of the veggie in there like a normal portion of pasta, like one serving, and then a good amount of meat, like four ounces, and like some sauce. And it, that's usually how I do it, maybe a little bit of cheese on top. I feel like generally when people get things like, say, pasta, they have, um, you know, a ton of pasta, like with a little bit of meat and then a ton of cheese. And that's like the opposite of what I do. I have, you know, a little bit of pasta, a ton of vegetables, a lot of meat, little bit of cheese and it's just kind of more filling more satiating I feel better after and I guess that is how I stay thin and quote unquote by eating what I like to eat it's just I don't know it's just so different and I'm years past from when I did struggle with that so I'm trying to you know think of my perspective from back then because yes back then I thought that like pasta made you fat chocolate made you fat carbs made you fat so like I totally get it I understand this the fear with eating certain foods it's like how do you eat that and still stay thin I think it's just that like when I have something like say there's a cookie and the say there's cookies in the faculty lounge the teacher lounge I go up and get a cookie that doesn't derail my whole day I get that cookie it's awesome I love the cookie I eat it and then I just go about my day like normal I feel like many people go and get that cookie and then they feel like crap about themselves. They're punishing themselves internally. And they're like mad at themselves because they've been told their whole life that cookies equal fat, being fat. So of course, if you're told that cookies make you fat your whole life, what is your natural inclination when you eat a cookie? You're going to feel like crap. So we've been taught our whole lives that you get your cookie. It's supposed to be a good time, right? But no, you go back to your classroom, you feel like crap because you ate a cookie. So then the rest of the day, you're eating even more crappy out of self-loathing. You might go back to the teacher's lounge and get like six more cookies because you're just like self-loathing <laughs> at that time. You might go home and after dinner eat like cheesecake or something, or you might go crazy. So the difference is, is that I go eat that cookie and I am so happy I ate that cookie. I feel great. I just keep moving on and it's great. So I think that's the thing is you just have to change I know it's easier said than done, but changing the way that you think of food, like stop punishing yourself for having good food. You are human. I know those like sugar-free lifestyle people are out there and some of them are very happy, but you do not have to be the extreme. You don't have to pick between eating six cookies in your room privately and being sad or eating no cookies. You, there is an in-between and it's a great place to be. I love it here. I love it here. So that's how I feel about that. And I know it's an emotional thing. Like I am so happy that now I can go eat something and be happy about it. I don't feel guilt and that it's taken me a long time to be in this place. So if you are in a place now where you eat something and you feel sad, 
I want you to know I have been there and you want to keep eating and eating just to kind of like soothe the pain of you feeling guilty in the first place. I've been there. I've been there. And then when you're done eating, you have to face the music of what, you know, you ate all that food. Now I feel like crap. I've totally been there. It doesn't have to be that way though. You can eat something and it's okay. You don't need to be punished for it. Let me see what my next question is. But yeah, another thing I was going to say is that Remember, this is your life. It's not a 12-week plan. It is okay to deviate from your path sometimes. Just get back to what you were doing before. Like sometimes I would plan out my day in advance back in the day when I was tracking. And I would be surprised with pizza from school. And sometimes I would eat that pizza. And sometimes I wouldn't. And it was up to me if I wanted to do that. But when I did do it, I would just get right back on track and keep going. It's okay. This is your life. You want to be able to feel like you can go to a graduation party or a birthday party and make your own decisions. Whether you want like cake or ice cream or pizza or you don't, you have freedom to decide. It's it's all up to you. This is voluntary. If you want to lose fat, this is voluntary. No one's going to force you to do it. So remember, you have freedom in your choices. You are allowed to enjoy desserts or pizza type food. It's it's fine. This is not a 12-week plan. This is your life. So remember that when you're like, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? Like, it's up to you. Sometimes I do it, quote unquote, and sometimes I don't. And it just depends on what I want to do. My next question is, do you do HIT? or cardio. Um, so high intensity interval training, I do not do at all. Um, I need, at one point I considered doing it back in the day when it was like trendy. Well, it's still trendy, but it's, it's really trendy now. But back when I first started working out in 2018, it was not as trendy as it is now. Now it's super trendy. Everyone's doing it. Um, no, I do not do high intensity interval training. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I do not do it. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. It's totally up to you. And as far as cardio, the only cardio I do is walking. I like to walk. It's easy. It's something that I can do with my child. I have a two-year-old. I do not have a jogging stroller. I just have a regular stroller. I bought it on Amazon for 50 bucks. It's good enough for the terrain that we live on. Like we have some you know, gravelly spots in our, um, our walks, but it's usually pavement. So it's not that bad, but we have a lot of Hills, but it works for it. But yeah, so I, that's my only cardio is getting my steps in. Some days I do a formal walk outside and some days I just try to get steps inside. Um, I think that if your goal is to try to change your body composition um, strength training is definitely the way to go. That's not to say you can't do cardio or hit, but when I used to do only cardio or primary carly, primary, <laughs> primarily, I can't even talk. When I used to do primarily cardio, I basically looked like a smaller version of myself. So like I, I was eating a little better, I was losing weight, but I still looked pretty much exactly the same, just a smaller version of myself. Then I started strength training 
and my body composition completely changed. It was so cool. You start seeing, you know, definition, some muscle. So it really depends on what your goals are. If your goals are to run in a marathon, then you might want to focus more on cardio. And I don't say that you don't focus on strength training, but, you know, in your training, you're probably going to be focusing on cardio more intensely and then adding in strength training, maybe like after runs or on different days than your runs. So it's just something to think about. It really depends on what your goals are. For me, I just work out because it makes me feel good. I love the way, the confidence that it brings me. I I enjoy lifting weights. Like it makes me happy. It blows off steam. I like seeing improvements in my strength, but I'm not like in any competitions. I'm, I just want to be happy. I want to walk past the mirror and be like, man, is that me? Wow. I just, that's what I like. So it really depends on what your goals are. If you want to compete in like a race or do something specific, then you need to think about it from that perspective. But for me, just someone that's just living their day-to-day life and just wants to be happy with what they look like in the mirror and feel good, then strength training was the right fit for me. I think that everyone should be doing strength training. It just depends on what your goals are. And that would kind of be based on how much you do. Like if you're a marathon runner, you might not be strength training five times a week. You might be strength training like two times a week. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. But yes, as far as you know, body comp, it is so cool to see your body like change, like drastically how it looks. And that is something I found happened to me when I started strength training and I love it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being happy about physical aesthetic changes. So that's just my perspective on that. Another question that I get a lot is how long did it take me to lose the weight? And That's kind of an interesting question because how long did it take me to lose the weight? You see these before and after pictures on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, and you're like, okay, so it took this much time. Okay, I can do that or I can't do that. Okay, but think about it. Do you want to be the person that loses 30 pounds and takes a cool picture and then gains it all back? Or do you want to be the person that loses 30 pounds, takes a cool picture, and keeps it off? Okay, you want to be the second person. And generally, if you're the person that keeps it off, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But that's not a big deal because you're going to be the one to keep it off. That other person over there that lost 30 pounds and gained it all back, they might have lost it faster than you. But what they were doing was not sustainable and they were unable to keep up with it. So they gained it all back. Um. Asking how long it takes is almost irrelevant because what happens when you reach your goal? Nothing magical is going to happen and you are also going to want to maintain that goal or improve upon it, right? It's a lifelong effort. If you if you stop doing the things that led you to be the weight that you became, you're probably going to gain that weight back. Like, yes, maintaining, I get to eat some more calories but I still work out regularly. I still try to get my steps in. Um, I still am mindful of what I eat. Yes, I get to eat some more calories, but like it's really, I really eat basically the same, but a little bit of it changes, barely anything. So like I'm still living this life. Like it's not like as soon as you hit your goal weight, your life just completely changes. No, if you want to keep the weight off, the methods in which you 
lost the weight, you're usually going to have to, you know, keep up with those methods. So for me, I work out regularly four to five times a week, 30 to 60 minutes at a time. I am mindful about what I eat. Since I'm in maintenance, I eat like a few hundred calories more a day, maybe. And, you know, I aim to get some steps in throughout my day. Um, So it, it is a lifelong effort. You can't just lose the weight and then just do whatever you want. There's not like a magical button you can click to kind of lock yourself a certain weight. I wish there was. I wish I could tell you that once you hit your goal weight that it's all easy now. You just, you hit your goal weight and you just push a button and you can do whatever you want. Now you hit the goal weight. Good job. No, you're going to have to maintain this, right? So people get so upset when I tell them how long it took me because, you know, they don't want to wait that long. But really it's forever. How long does it take? It's forever. It's a lifelong process. I'll tell you now the real answer. It took me a year to get to the weight around the weight I am now. It took me a year to lose the weight, but then I've been maintaining and also gaining strength for another year. So there's been a year of weight loss and then a year of maintenance and trying to gain some strength and have strength goals. So again, if you are expecting to lose weight and then hit a button and then be able to do whatever you want to keep it off. No, it's a lifelong process. If you can't even wait a year or two to have the results, then you're definitely not going to be able to keep up with keeping the results for the years to come. So that's something to think about. Another thing that I'm going to say is that, you know, I really liked um, Jordan Syatt did a podcast like a month or two ago, talking about how during the holidays, you know, he's going to have fun. He was going to have fun during the Christmas holidays. And, you know, if he gained a couple pounds, it's not that big a deal. If he wants to lose it, eventually he couldn't. And I totally love that because during these holidays, I really enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun. Um, You know, lately I have been increasing my portion size a little bit. I've been having some great lifting experiences with my weights. Um, So, I was at the top of my, usually I maintain around 110 to 115 pounds. I'm at the top of my weight, like around 115, 116. So I would like to, it's just a personal thing. I love how I look now and it's really not going to look any different, but I'm going to be a bit more mindful because I would like to get back in the middle of my range because that's where I feel the most comfortable Um, So I'm going to make such little changes that I'm barely going to even notice just tiny little changes throughout the day. But I want to get back to like the middle, like between 110 and 115. So probably like 112, 113. Um, Right now I'm like 115, 116. It's really not even anything. A lot of times when this when I decide that I want to do something like this, I don't even say anything because it just is like such little changes that I don't even think about it barely and that it's just like it's just very like natural, like, okay, instead of having, you know, two, instead of having like 200 um, grams of snow cap chocolates, I'll have like 150. And I don't even measure it really. It's just very small changes. I do not weigh and track my food. I have a lot of experience doing that in the past. So it's really not hard for me to lose weight, gain weight, maintain weight without doing that. So what I'll do is just my portion sizes, I'm just going to be a little bit more mindful. I've been eating past the point of fullness sometimes just because I'm having fun and I having a good time. Like say like Daniel and I are watching a show at night and we're eating popcorn and snow caps, which we do every night. 
I'll finish like what I portioned out for myself, snow caps. And, you know, I'm not trying, I was not, I'm just maintaining weight and having a good time. I would go grab more and it's not a big deal. I have fun with that, but I have been feeling sick when I do that, when I keep getting more, it's not like sick, sick, but you know, when you eat a little bit too much and you're like, I kind of feel like blah now. So instead of grabbing like a bunch more, maybe I'll just grab a little more. So like little changes like that, instead of having wine like three or four times a week maybe having it once or twice a week little changes like that are what I'm going to do just to get back in the middle of my range where I feel most comfortable um and remember this is voluntary I love myself and this is not done out of hate like really it could take me like three months to get back down into the middle of the range and it really I would not care it's really not that big a deal to me it's just something that I want to do um So yeah, like I said, what I'm going to do to get back to the middle of my range is just decrease my portion sizes a tiny bit. And when I do decrease portion sizes, usually it is mainly with the things that are not as filling. Like say with my whipped cream in the morning, I have whipped cream every day with my oatmeal. Instead of having like a lot of whipped cream, I might have like a medium amount of whipped cream. I don't know, just very small changes, but they add up on a day-to-day basis. Like if I have whipped cream seven times a week, and then I half my whipped cream every day. That's half the amount of calories in whipped cream for the whole week. So little changes like that really go a long way instead of having, yeah, like say four drinks, three drinks a week I, um, of alcohol. Say I have one or two. Very little changes. Um, another thing that I'm going to do is wait to eat breakfast until I actually have hunger signals. A lot of times I wake up and the first thing I do is eat and I'm not even hungry yet. So what I'll do is just wait till I'm hungry to eat. And that might mean that I need one less snack throughout the day to stay full because I started eating later. It's just little things like that. And that is it. It's just little simple things. I'm not going to do anything else. The only thing I'm going to do is wait to eat till I'm hungry in the morning, have less alcohol, which alcohol, let's be real. Now that I'm getting close to 30, every time I drink now, I feel like I'm dying. Like even if it's one glass of wine, I literally wake up the next day. Even if I chug water, I feel like so dead. So let's be real. This is for the best anyways. Now that I'm pushing 30 almost, it is just not as enjoyable as it used to be. Um, Yeah. So less alcohol, waiting till I'm hungry. And then I'm going to decrease portion sizes a tiny bit and like am I going to decrease like my vegetables and fruits no obviously I'm going to decrease like my whipped cream a teeny bit might decrease like my snow cap candies a teeny bit like it's the things like that that aren't really feeling they're just fun I'm still going to have those fun foods it's going to decrease them a tiny bit and honestly it's really nothing like I'm not going to really think about this I'm just going to do it and it's like very natural to me it's just it's not something I focus on like okay I have to you know, portion out this or portion out that. No, it's just a very like small thing, small things. Okay. Well, that is it for today, guys. I just wanted to do a short little Q and A with you guys and answer those questions. I should probably get out there with Oliver and Daniel because it sounds a little crazy out there. I don't know if you could hear them, but I definitely can. So I'm going to get out there. Thank you guys for listening. Follow me on Instagram at fitness and food I know it's a weird name. I'll talk to you guys later.